0: local New York podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Tringale. And in this week's episode, my guest is Jeff Rogers, owner of Angry Garlic out in Baldwinsville, New York. Well, Jeff is coming on. He came on this time last year. We, um, well, Baldwinsville Dining Weeks is happening. Uh, You can head over to baldwinsvillediningweeks.com to get more information about that. And I'm fortunate enough to have been, now this is the third year, doing Baldwinsville Dining Weeks, and I've been fortunate enough to help them with the marketing out there. Um, And so it's just been a great time. I've had a good time each year doing it. I get to go out and meet some of the different restaurant owners who I haven't met before, and we take the photos for them, and it gives me an opportunity to um, try out some new Facebook marketing tactics. And, yeah, I just really enjoy doing it. Last year at this time we had Jeff on the podcast. We had him on again this year to talk a little bit about what's been happening in 2020 and uh, what it's been like to to be a restaurant owner during this time and some stuff that he's learned. Flew back from a, a trip uh, to Ohio and was just gone over the weekend. But as I was on the flight coming back here, I was thinking about what I wanted to ask Jeff from the podcast. And one thing that I've been really guilty of this past year is really highlighting the sad, sappy stories you know when you're trying to create content trying to tell a story one of the easiest things for me at least is to immediately go to what's wrong so like some of the questions that i've asked every restaurant owner that i've done videos for whatever the past year has been what's the most challenging part about owning a restaurant and it's such a quick and easy answer to to give it's a quick question to ask but i've i'm also wondering what those other effects are how much does that drag me down if i'm trying to promote a restaurant and I'm um, sending out a video to potential customers and they're getting that negative connotation, do they care? Like how much, like, does that really like, are they like, yeah, I don't want to go there. Is there some some conscious thing? I don't know what the answer to that question is. I just know that yesterday when I was on the plane, I was jotting down questions on my phone and I got to a, that question that I typically would have written down. Instead, I wrote down, I wanted to ask Jeff, what are some of the positive things that have happened uh, for you and the restaurant in 2020? recognize uh, and myself is that pushing to the negative isn't isn't good <laughs> sounds so silly and simple to say out loud but it's very true And it's something that i know i myself need to be aware of is then that is uh, avoiding the negative i years ago when i moved to texas one of the first things that i recognized is about the people there is that you would say you know you would see somebody you know out at the store or you know would go to work and you know hey how's it going Something that you typically ask people, or hey, how are you doing? And I noticed really quickly from most of the people that I encountered in Texas is that they would always have something good to say. They'd be like, you know, like, oh, it's great. This happened, this happened, this, you know, they'd always have something positive and encouraging and good to say. And I notice about myself, I'm a very negative person. I notice about myself when I, like, I'll be walking down the hall past a coworker in the morning. They'll say, hey, how's it going? And I'll say, oh, living the dream, just not mine, something I stole from a friend of mine. Uh, or, all oh, you know, doing my thing. It's always negative. It's so draining. I don't know. It's just draining. Um, well, that's it. I'm going to step off my soapbox. I do want to give a big shout-out to all the restaurants participating in Baldwin's Hill Dining Weeks. Again, head over to Baldwin's Check out 19 restaurants, all participating, all offering something special. It's going to be great. Um, And a shout-out to Renzi Food Service, who's sponsoring that event and doing the marketing for them. Uh, Also, shout-out to us. If you haven't followed us on YouTube or Facebook or any of the social networks, then you don't know that we launched two new shows. We've launched Hoagie's Heroes, a brand-new video show, video YouTube show. Uh, We post it everywhere, Instagram and Facebook. But it's myself and my friend Zach Cavallo, chef Zach Cavallo, who are each week taking a different food item, exploring the history behind it, and then trying that, pitting two different restaurants in the area against each other, make that item to see who has the best. So make sure you check that show out. Coming out every Wednesday, every Monday, we have a show coming out called Will It Ferment? Tim from Buried Acorn, Keith from Woodland Farm Brewery, take ordinary items that they might encounter in their life or in their house and see if they can turn it into alcohol. In this latest episode, they took Bloody Mary mix and four cheese instant rice to see if they could turn it into alcohol. So make sure you check out the show, Will It Ferment? If you want to stay up to date on all of them, just head over to our YouTube channel, Eat Local New York State. Make sure you subscribe and smash that like button. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Jeff Rogers from Angry Garlic. For me, I would expect like a year later for it to be done. Yeah. Not like people would just be like, you have to wear a mask. Right. Um, we, um, uh, my, I, w- I was telling the story, I've told it before on the podcast, and I was telling uh, friends or family when we were just in Ohio. But, um, and honey, I know you listen to these eventually, and so I'm sorry, but this is funny. <laughs> uh, right when things opened up, like restaurants from the first quarantine, we had gone out to eat our first meal out. We went down to, Oh my darling in downtown and you know, it's just street parking there. Yeah. So we parked like literally in front of the restaurant. Uh, and I got out of the, out of the car. And in those days, in the early days, it was like "Ah, oh, screw a mask, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, and so I would always wear my mask just under my nose and we're on the side, like we're two steps into the restaurant and my wife is giving me a hard time. Pull your mask up over here, you know? And uh, so I did it. So we walk into the restaurant and Anna, who was uh, had since then moved to Florida, but she was the restaurant manager at the time. She, and she had just come back from Florida. So she had been in, you know, a sketchy state during yeah. COVID, but she'd just come, she had just come back from Florida. She sees us. She doesn't know my wife. She's never met my wife, but she knows me from being in there and, you know, doing stuff. And she comes up and gives me a big bear hug and then gives my wife a big bear. hug. Oh. <laughs> and Rebecca doesn't say anything. She's not like, whoa, don't touch me. You know, Rebecca's like, "Nice." she's like, oh, it's so nice to meet you. And as soon as we sat down, I was like, really? Like, you're going to give me a hard time for the mask under the nose, but you're going to hug a stranger. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. So <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah. It's, uh, it really, it's, you know, yeah, it's just different, man. It's different. I mean, Uh. Yeah, it's just different. I don't know how much longer it's going to be. Uh, obviously, nobody knows. Um, I was really surprised at the amount of people that were at that chili cook-off at Heritage Hill.
1: I heard 700.
0: Yeah. Um, they did it well. They spaced everything out. They sold tickets in waves, so there wasn't a lot of overlap. Good. Um customers once they got into the barn where the chili cook-off actually was happening because you know, they had other buildings going, but you had to sit down and, you know, if you wanted a beer, if you wanted chili, they had servers there to get that stuff for you. Um, So they did it really well. Ryan McMahon was there as a judge. I think that was a big, you know, kind of sign to say that, you know, listen, we, you know, it's endorsed sort of a thing. Um, But, you know, for me, especially, and I'm sure you've, you know, you've thought about it a little bit too with events. It's like, what are the what's the public going to respond to? Mm-hmm. Do they want to go out to stuff now? Do they want to stay home? Like is takeout still gonna be a thing? Um, or are people just like screw it, we're going out no matter what? Uh, it's that's a challenge I still don't know what people want, but experiencing that chilly cook off, I'm thinking, all right, maybe a lot of people just want to get out and go do stuff now, as long as it's safe and you know, they don't feel like they're gonna get, you know, COVID or anything like that.
1: I couldn't agree more with that, I'll be honest with you. I talk to the guests um, on, a, on a daily basis, especially when I do table visits down at the restaurant, and everyone is itching for normalcy when it comes to a bar and a restaurant scene. They want live entertainment back. They want to be able to go out and shoot a game of darts while yeah. they play the jukebox. Um, and it's guests of all ages. It's not just the 21-year-olds that are requesting this. I have 75-year-olds in the restaurant, uh, that I'm going up to to do a table visit and they're asking me you know when are you going to have uh, Billy Jane Dion back when are you going to have Bill Ali back when are you going to have Dirt Rowe Ruckus back I mean they they want that sense of normalcy as well Yeah. so I think that when things do start opening up is takeout still going to be a thing absolutely I think that takeout is going to be um, busy for a long time mm-hmm. I don't see that going away anytime soon uh, my wife and I just did the numbers for 2020 compared to 2019 in regards to takeout versus dying in mm. And it was funny because 2019, 19% of our business was takeout. Mm. 2020... 41% of our business was takeout. I'm surprised that's
0: all it was, to be honest. And, well, and to
1: be honest with you, I am too. Uh, but once, you know, January, February, and half of March was really strong for dining. Yeah. And then when we shut down and then when we were able to open up 50%, you yeah. know, thankfully dining, uh, were, we're as busy as we're allowed to be every single day for lunch and every night for dinner. Yeah. So that mm. really helped pump up the dine-in numbers again, yeah. percentage wise. Yeah.
0: You know, I was when I was I was just there Friday taking pictures for dining weeks and uh, old co-worker and friend of mine, Lindsay, um, was there with her uh, significant other having dinner. And so she stopped and said hi. And I haven't seen her in years. And she was like, this place is crazy. I was like, yeah, it's like you've never been here before. She's like, no, she's like, we've been trying to get in for like three weeks and we haven't been able to get in. So we just decided to show up tonight and see if we'd sit at the bar. Um, and I mean, you guys have, uh, knock and wood, have always been really busy. Thankfully. I mean, yes. You've been open for what? Like two years now, two
1: years and five months now. Yep. Yeah.
0: So, and I mean, I'm sure that there's been a couple slow nights in there. Right. But, sure. uh, but every time that I've ever been at angry garlic, it's busy.
1: Yeah. We are very blessed. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, one thing as you were just talking about takeout being 41% that kind of dawned on me is that i've never seen you post on facebook about how busy it is like you don't ever i've never seen a post from angry garlic that says uh man tonight was crazy nobody could get in or we had 500 customers or anything like that
1: no and you know it's it's kind of gloating and i I, i'm not that's just not who i am yeah um I don't want to ever add insult to injury, especially in times like this and say, Hey, we were packed last last night, or we were packed this weekend. Yeah. Um, when other restaurants aren't in that situation Mm. and it's, it's kind of being a jerk in my opinion, to be honest with you to go on social (laughs) media and say, Hey, look at how busy we are. The only time I really did that is when COVID hit Mm. and we had to go straight takeout and delivery and curbside takeout as well. And, uh, guests were calling and calling and calling and they couldn't get through. Yeah. And, you know, I had a lot of guests emailing me or, or sending me messages saying, Hey, I think your phones are broken. We couldn't get through. Or, you know, our takeout time was scheduled for five 30 and we couldn't get our food till uh, six o'clock. You know, there were a lot of hiccups yeah. and things did not go well for that first week when All we right. had to go full takeout. It was a disaster. And that's when I actually did post on social media. I actually took a picture of the, the tickets on the board in the kitchen. And I posted on social media saying, thank you, everyone, for all your support. This is how busy we were. I apologize if you didn't get your food in a timely manner. Yeah. Um, but it was more of an apology to the public right. for saying, hey, we messed up. And <laughs> I'm sorry. We're making the corrections. We're figuring out how to go from full service to full takeout give me a little bit of time yeah you know um but yeah that's really the only time i i I posted on social media how busy we were yeah you know
0: i i I just had somebody i forget who it was i was talking to and they sold out of food one night and um the owner felt really bad about it and i was like that is the best thing that you could ask for oh god yeah i was like are you like, that is the best thing you could ask for. Cause in my opinion, now people want it more. They know that they showed up and you sold out of food with somebody in the salt city market. And I was like, like you couldn't like, they were like, I just feel like everybody's, nobody's going to come back because they know that we sold out. I was like, no, now they're going to stand in line earlier and they're going to call earlier mm-hmm. and they're going to make a plan to get down to your restaurant. Cause they know a bunch of other people like it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I couldn't think of anything better, but having said that, um, until just this moment, like this recent, this moment right here of clarity and thinking about the fact that you don't gloat about it. Uh, I would all, if I was posting for a client, I would always be like, we sold out. You know, like <laughs> I would be gloating. I would be letting the world know. And I, just, I, I, I like that approach of not gloating about it. Yeah. You
1: know? And you're right for, for that individual's uh, situation selling out of food is fantastic and it almost creates a buzz you know Um, pre-COVID on on a Thursday Friday Saturday night thankfully we'd be on a two to three hour wait Mm. I would never talk about it in public or post it on social media but uh, the buzz would get out there and you know the guests would come in there'd be walk-in traffic and when my greeter would say to them you know I'm sorry we're on a two and a half hour wait right now However, mm. stop over to Pizza Man, stop over to Mohegan, stop over to Brick and Barrel, try out, you know, one of the several restaurants, Baldensville tonight. Yeah. But come on back some other time. Yeah. You great. know, and that's uh how thankfully my whole staff rolls at Angry Garlic. And we're always gonna try to encourage these guests that don't wanna wait the two and a half hours, which is completely understandable. Mm. Um, try out some other place locally. Yeah. But give us a call, make a reservation and come back. Yeah. You know,
0: Uh, I mean, I've said it before and I think a lot of people know it. Baldwinsville has such a group of the community as a whole is so supportive of the businesses there. Uh, I can't get over how many restaurants, especially, but businesses exist in Baldwinsville. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was walking out of San Miguel last week from doing pictures and, I was like, as I was pulling in, I was like, oh, I do not know they were under Sammy. And then like uh, looking across the street, across the river, there's Jesse Cakes, there's Brick and Barrel, you know, uh, there's um, River Grill. Yeah, I mean, there are so many restaurants in Baldwinsville, but I feel like I don't want to say all of them are successful because they're not, but a lot of them do well. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's not like... Um, it doesn't seem like a dumb move to open a restaurant in Baldwinsville.
1: It's definitely not a dumb move to open up a restaurant in Baldwinsville. Unless uh, you're
0: listening to this right now and you're thinking
1: about opening up a new restaurant in Baldensville, <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> 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 but uh, uh, I think one of the reasons that the restaurants are successful in Baldwinsville, it, obviously it's because of the, the quality of food and, and the service in the restaurants, but I also think it's because of the community. Um, and I think that that 's the majority of the reason that the restaurants are successful in baldensville the the community uh, the Baldinsville community is incredible, yeah, and the way the restaurant owners support one another and we back each other up. We have a big group text going between a, a good portion of the owners in Baldensville coming up with creative new ideas to to bring business in um, new concepts you know the the dining weeks, the taste of Beeville all that was developed through a group effort it wasn't just one person
0: yeah
1: um and bringing in the chamber you know stuff like that cool. but uh that's the reason the restaurants in Beeville are successful and all the small businesses for that matter the yeah. bridal shops you know the the salons the day spas the candy shop the yeah. dessert jesse cakes you know everyone there is they're all doing okay yeah and they're all surviving COVID, and pre-COVID they're all doing great. I mean, there's two places that opened up during COVID, yeah, and they're doing good, right? Um, which to me is miraculous. Yeah, it's a small miracle, uh, but the reason that they're doing so well is because of the community and because of the business owner support that we have in Beeville. none of us are in competition which is pretty cool yeah you know there's so many there, there's quite a few pizza spots in Beville, there's a couple italian joints in Beeville, and none of them are buttonheads going at it against each other we're all working together yeah and i think that that's what makes us unique different and successful yeah it's pretty cool yeah
0: uh, I haven't gotten to that level of, uh, enlightenment yet in my uh, professional life. So <laughs> <laughs> hopefully that'll rub off on me, uh, a little bit, but, um, uh, I'm trying to get there more and more. There's sometimes I like, there's stuff I see. I'm just now getting to a stage where a year ago I would have been like looking at other people that do what I do and, you know, thinking of ways to win. Uh, and now I'm like, Oh, okay, that's cool. You know, uh, congratulations. <laughs> good job. Yeah. Um, So yeah, so with everything that's been going on in 2020 and still in 2021 with COVID and just the way that you've had to change the business, do you, are you like looking at other parts of the country or trying to see what other restaurants outside of Beeville or Syracuse are doing and, or even looking ahead to see kind of like how the industry might change at all moving forward?
1: Uh, I would say... I I'm not looking outside the country and I'm not even looking at what other businesses so much are doing at this point. What I'm doing is asking and watching and listening to what my guests mm-hmm. want to see mm-hmm. in regards to change. Um and that's how I'm kind of uh developing my new platform for business. Yeah. And you know, now that we're uh, heading hopefully towards the new norm. Yeah. Um, you know, once we start opening things back up, and we're at 75% capacity or a hundred percent capacity and guests can stand up again and listen to entertainment. You know, the big question is now that the question is going to be, are they going to still be required to wear masks? Yeah. And once they have a couple cocktails in them, how hard is it going to be to really maintain and, hmm. you know, measure where I need to have people keeping eyes out to make sure that people aren't taking their, the guests aren't taking their masks off once yeah. they have a few cocktails in them, yeah. you know? So that's going to kind of be the next challenge. But in regards to hmm. future plans for 2021 in a business standpoint, um, my wife and I are just kind of listening to what the guests really want. And yeah. that's how we're going to develop our platform. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, it's. Uh, I was thinking about it last night, just, um, what would be new for our industry? I thought that, like I said, I would have thought that, uh, it would be takeout delivery heavy from here on out. And I'm sure that there's still, there's going to be a large segment, segment of the population that want that. Um, or maybe not a large segment, but there's going to be people that want that. Absolutely. Um, but you know, I've been thinking about doing like a pop-up, uh, and downtown, the With Love space that Salt City Market did all their pop-ups out of, such a great spot. OCC owns it and runs it. They rent out their sp- space for like fifteen dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of chefs right now who are out of work, um, and uh, and it's not easy for them to go out and get you know paid what they were at, like their former restaurant because in some cases it's not as needed as it was, right? Sure. Um, and so I, I had this idea to do like a pop up with a different chef that's out of work each month. We eat local would rent the space and pay for the food and everything. And then the chef could create whatever menu they wanted. We would get the supplies and we would just do like a pop up takeout sort of a thing. One, you know, one night a month. And we were just thinking we were I was just having a conversation last week. And I was thinking, I don't know if this would still be nearly as popular as it was six months ago. Like, would people see that and just think, no, it's all right. I'm just going to go out and sit down at a restaurant instead. Um, I think people would rather, I think now we're kind of at the point where people are going out. It's not a choice of, do we want to stay in? You know, it's not like, oh, we should stay in uh, and play it safe for COVID reasons. It's like, no, let's just get out of the house and go out to eat.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. However, I, I I think that, and I wish I had a percentage when it comes to speaking of this number, but I think a good percentage is still weary about going out. Yeah. And I think that the population is looking forward to, has been looking forward to, and are still looking forward to the kind of new and creative ideas that are being presented in regards to food service in general. Yeah. I think your idea would work personally. Yeah. And I think it would be awesome. And it's helping not only the guests to experience something from a specific chef, but it's also helping the chef out as well to get yeah. their name back out there to to maybe put a little bit of money in their pocket. Right. Um, you know, you could probably even go so far as to see if some of the different uh, food distributors wanted to help endorse it for you and, you know, yeah. get sponsorships from them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I think it's a fantastic idea. I think 2020 was the year for uh, innovative ideas and really thinking outside the box. And I don't think 2021 is going to be much different than that. Yeah. You know, the restaurants, thankfully, I'm sure will be full again for dining. But I I think that the more creative ideas that you can come up with and innovative ways to get an experience to the diners without having to go inside of a restaurant are still going to be successful.
0: Yeah. Was this the hardest year in your career? I mean, because I mean, you've had the restaurant for two and a half years, but you've had a long history in food service before that.
1: I've been in food service for twenty-seven years now, and it is undoubtedly the hardest year mm. I've ever had in twenty-seven years. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. And it it wasn't just because you know I didn't have guests coming in the restaurant anymore. Uh, we have twenty-five employees that we have to worry about. Yeah. So that was more of a concern to me than. Um, the guests not being able to come in the restaurant is how are my employees going to be able to feed their families? Because a majority of them, this is their only job. They don't have a second job, right. um, and they uh, most of them have families. Mm-hmm. You know, so this is their primary income. And when I'm told that I can't have full service anymore, obviously things have to change in regards to labor costs. Yeah. So that was uh, my wife and my biggest concern is how are we going to take care of our employees? Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's I uh, I can't imagine. I absolutely could not imagine being in that position.
1: Yeah. Um, we had
0: uh, right before everything kind of shut down. We were, we're busier now than I have ever been for eat local. And um, it's kind of funny. I'm seeing. Um, it's fe- right now is sort of feeling like it was in the early days of it. Where, like February, March, April, I was getting calls from a lot of restaurants that were asking questions about marketing. And I noticed that there were restaurants that used to do it themselves that now all of a sudden I could tell they had hired somebody. Mm-hmm. And it just seemed like people were spending more money than they ever had in those early days of, of COVID on their marketing in some way, shape, or form. And it's kind of feeling, and then it died down, I felt like a lot. And now it feels like it's kind of picking back up that way again. Um, and I forget why I was uh, saying that. What was my point in telling and uh, talking about that? Oh, coming was, up with the new yeah, one. no. So they so uh, we were busier we're busier now than we ever went than we've ever been at eat local. But in the early days of COVID, like right before that, like January and February, I had somebody working for me uh, managing posts for all the clients. I had Amanda, who's still who's still with me. We kept her the whole time. She just shifted from planning events to now she's the community manager and checks in with the restaurants to make sure that they're doing good every month. Yeah. And then I just hired somebody. Uh, and these are all gig workers, but I just brought somebody on to start blogging for us. And his, we had the idea to do. Um. I've always wanted to do like some sort of like a food review restaurant review, but I also don't want to get on there and say anything bad about anybody because you know, I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but our idea was to, how do you rank restaurants in our area without being, you know, without being mean, um, and excluding somebody. Uh, and so without having it just be your opinion, cause that's always going to be subjective. So, The idea was we would go down Google, Facebook, Yelp, and I forget what the other one was, and just take all of their scores. So we'd do like best diners in Syracuse, Mm -hmm. and then take all of their scores and average them together. And whoever had the highest of the average, like then we would write a short blog on like the top five diners in Syracuse based on these scores. Yeah. And the first one was supposed to come out like the week uh, that everything got shut down and i was like we can't do that right. like <laughs> we can't put something out that says the top five anything right now right it has to be they're all great and you should go out and support all absolutely. of absolutely um but it was a tough call like in those early days because we let two of them go and the one person the, the writer he had just been let go from his nine to five job and then and I, so it was just that was a even though like it wasn't anything close to that, it wasn't a full time employee. It still sucked to
1: make yeah. that phone call. It's terrible. Yeah, it's absolutely terrible, and it's. I mean, you, you try to find new and creative ways to keep people employed um, without bringing your own business down right. as well, and uh, that it's tough to get creative like that and, and try to figure out how to sustain. Yeah, when everything comes crashing down at once like that. Yeah. Uh, the biggest turnaround for us was, you know, and I've always used social media um, to my advantage, but as soon as COVID hit, I was on social media. Like Mm -hmm. uh, it was my job to get out there and and plug the restaurant and plug Mm -hmm. our staff and our food and Mm -hmm. uh, our service so that the guests didn't forget about us. Mm -hmm. You know, here we are, we're still open. We're offering takeout, delivery, curbside, don't forget about us. Right. You know, and then it, uh, the, the biggest challenge at that point was just keeping the uh, the momentum going, the positivity going in the building, mm-hmm. you know, because it's so quiet in there <laughs> without the guests and without the music cranking and hearing the laughter, uh, going up to tables and visiting them and listening to the positive remarks. And, and even if it's something, uh, constructive criticism that I can correct. Yeah. You know, even listening to that, I missed it so much. All of us did. So that's when uh, we started saying, well, you know what? Let's still have some fun with this. Yeah. And we brought the, you know, we, we put the music back on. The kitchen had the music cranking in the kitchen. And then I even started bringing in um, live entertainment and putting them yeah. in the front dining room window. <laughs> and they would run an outdoor speaker. So everyone pulling up for curbside service yeah. had something. That's cool, you know. And the and the entertainers loved it. Yeah, they weren't making any money; mm-hmm. they were doing it for free. Oh wow! And they were doing it uh, just to get out and have some type of normalcy, which is what they needed as much as it's yeah. what we needed. Yeah, you know. And it was almost instantaneous, Anthony. That the 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 the, the, the smiles came on everyone's faces. They're dancing when they're running the takeout bags out to the cars. They're having fun again. Yeah. And it took a little while, though. You know, it took a good three to four weeks to make that adjustment Mm. of almost complete depression and not knowing what the hell is going to happen to, all right, you know what? We're going to get through this. We still do have jobs. Um, We're not making the money we used to, but. The important thing is that the guests are still happy. They yeah. still know we're here, and we're going to get through it, hmm. and we're going to do it together.
0: So tell me uh, what's something you learned uh, about yourself as like a business
1: owner during 2020. Oh, boy. Uh, well, it, it's funny because uh, my wife and I have always said, in regards to the business, uh, we do what we do, and we do it together. And Mm. that's one of the concepts that we have, uh, business wise. Yeah. Now the concept we live our life by is humble and kind. And what I learned as a 2020 business owner and just person in general is that combined Mm. those two concepts can get you through anything. Mm. And, uh, those are two concepts that we try to instill in our staff and our staff, uh, always say, you know, we do what we do when we do it together. And they mm. always say, humble and kind. Mm. And uh, that's probably the biggest thing that I learned in 2020, is that those two concepts couldn't be any more true. Yeah, you know, There's something that we'd say often, and there's something that we try to live our life by. But, man, it was a, a big punch in the face when we realized that these are the things that we need mm-hmm. to live our life by. Yeah. you know it's not just words anymore you gotta actually act on them <laughs> uh, which we did we always acted on them um, but as a staff and as a whole even as a community if if you don't act on them then you're not gonna survive it yeah well I can't think of a better way to end the episode <laughs>
0: Thanks, Jeff. Thank you. I appreciate it. Tell people where they can find you. Not that they need to know, but tell them anyway <laughs>
1: uh, Angry Garlic, Baldonsville, New York, 29 Oswego Street. Uh, phone number is 315 Keep an eye out for Baldensville Dining Weeks yeah. coming up. Yeah. Uh, a week from Tuesday, it starts. So we're going to have the beat down from Valentine's Day weekend, a day of rest, and then 19 uh, establishments yeah. getting involved Uh for Baldensville Dining Weeks, which we can't wait for. Yeah,
0: for sure. And a uh, huge shout out to uh, Renzi Foods for sponsoring this year's event. And, um, you know, in a year that uh, restaurants and everybody could use uh, some help, yes. uh, Renzi stepped up and sponsored the event and is helping with all the Facebook ads and the website. So, yeah. yeah. So if you are in the food service industry and you don't do business with Renzi, check them out. Well, Jeff, thanks so much for coming down. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Well, there it is, everybody. Thank you so much for checking out the Eat Local New York podcast. I really appreciate it. If you're listening to this and you haven't done so, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Just means that you're going to stay up to date on the latest episode of each thing that we're putting out. And we're gonna we're talking we're talking to somebody about putting out a new podcast in audio form only. Can't tell you anything more than that, and just tell you that it's probably going to be happening. It's probably it's probably going to be happening in March. So make sure that you're subscribed so that way you can check it out. It's going to be released right here on the Eat Local New York podcast. It'll have a different name, but it's going to be coming out soon. And then leave us a review. Let us know what you think of the podcast. It means the world to us. You can stay connected with us on all of our social platforms. The big ones are Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and Twitter. You can also check out our website at eatlocalnystate.com. We're getting ready to revamp that, add the content to it, spread the word, spread the love, add a blog. It's going to be great. Thank you for checking out the podcast. We're going to catch you next week right here on the Eat Local New York podcast.